Hello and welcome to the next episode of the current episode, or some would call it the seventh episode of the Anime Coffee House podcast. Hello. So, yeah, today we are going to be talking about some of the best protagonists in anime, following by our next episode, of course, being best antagonist. Now, these aren't going to be any like particular order. This is just like, you know. We're going to go Visual in. conversation. Yeah, conversation about, like, great protagonists in anime. Um, yeah. Now, if I was to make a list, a good a lot of these would be in that list. And I do want to preference spoiler warnings heavily, which is something we don't do. Like, going to try to minimal spoilers for the most part, but there are going to be some spoiler warnings. Yeah, uh, we can't really talk about the characters without talking about the show. Yeah, and like in the future, I will make a whole spoiler warning thing to put before episodes, so that we can just I just remember to throw that in, uh, so everyone knows that there are good spoiler warnings when it comes. And then another thing I wanted to do was flex on anyone who hasn't got to go see on the in the Western <laughs> Coast uh, the new Demon Slayer movie, Mugan Train. It was amazing. Nicole hasn't got to see it. It's like yeah. flexing that it they is... don't they don't show it in the theaters where I live, so I have to wait for the digital release. I'm so salty. I would have loved to see it in IMAX. I bet it was amazing. Yeah, it, the good thing about this one was I've seen anime movies in the past, and they're either like too quiet or they're just way too loud. But like at this particular theater, they like had it in a good. Like it was a good general, um, and I saw the dubbed version because they didn't sell. They didn't. They didn't like. There was no sub, which oh, bothered no. me because I watched I the heard... dub. Oh, but on digital they'll probably have both. Because yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind the dub, but I have to say I prefer the sub. Like I saw the first episode in dub, and I just didn't feel like the voices fit as well. And I think the Japanese voice acting was better, but. Also, maybe I'm just biased because I feel like you kind of tend to like the one that you saw first. Yeah, I know I am too. Like, I actually saw the dub first and watched all the way through the dub. But what I do recognize is that um, Zenitsu in the sub is a lot less annoying than Zenitsu's, like, voice actor in the English. Like, every other uh, one, the English voice actor is not too bad. But Zenitsu is just, like, the dub version makes him the most annoying character in the world. And I saw, like stuff of him in subs and it was a lot better but the movie if you haven't seen it if you want to go see it you should, I think at least where I'm at they had it uh, all weekend so you might get a chance to go see it you know on Sunday so we're recording this on a Saturday we got on a Tuesday but recording it you know it should be a chance to go out and see it but it is a without spoiling anything I will say that it is a probably a masterpiece so when it comes to animation it is so beautiful like I had visual orgasms multiple times while watching it and like it was just like one of those things where i was so entranced and i was watching it that i didn't even like i couldn't comprehend like if i whether i liked it or didn't like it until it was over and then i was like so hyped because of the ending is just like get you hyped as fuck and you're like oh shit and it's just like i can't wait to see it with the next season and where they go from from after this movie did they announce when the next season is coming out yet? Uh, winter season, I believe. Oh no, so far away. It might be summer. It might be the, the summer. I think we know it's spring. 
right. it might be the summer but or fall whatever they consider it fall summer whatever they call it uh uh-huh. it might be the next season but i th- i thought it was winter that when it comes when it starts releasing but anyway to get into our, our best protagonist uh is there anyone you want to start out with or do you want to just I mean, we were just talking about Demon Slayer, so we can start talking. <laughs> start with Tanjiro. Yes, so in, in this list, I put Tanjiro because normally, at least for me, when it comes to Shonen, the main character is normally there's they have a list of you know tropes, and it's like I want to be the best at this. I want to be king, or I want to be the leader. Like I want to be the top guy, and I like Tanjiro because he has no desire to be the best demon slayer or the strongest guy in the world. Like strength to him is just a necessity to defend the people he cares about. And like, that's it. Like it's, he doesn't want to kill anybody. He doesn't want to fight anybody. Like he has very realistic aspirations. That's easy to connect with. And he's kind hearted. Like he doesn't hold grudges. And I, I really like, like that about him. And like every shonen character is kind hearted, but like, in a what something like that happens to somebody, they normally get a lot more jaded and hateful. Or he is, even though he sometimes may hate a demon, he doesn't hate the origins of of said demon. Like he understands where they came from, and so he doesn't let that what happened to him, you know, affect his outlook on the world. Which I feel like most characters would be a lot more of an asshole. True. And like you were saying earlier, it's very rare in a show that the main protagonist, like the main main protagonist, it's very rare for them to be your favorite character. Usually it's a side character or someone else, you know, like Attack on Titan. Everyone's favorite character is Levi, um, Hunter Hunter. Most people like Kilawa better. But I think in, in Demon Slayer, I mean, I still haven't seen the movie, so maybe that would change things. But Tanjiro probably is my favorite character, and that's rare. And like you said, he's kind he's kind hearted, doesn't want to be the best. Yeah, it's I think because of how rare it is and his difference is what makes the show so good and why he stands out as most people's favorite character. I know a lot of people like Yusuke, and a lot of people like I don't remember his name. I put Yusuke in the list. I love Yusuke. <laughs> but, um... A lot of people put, uh... The... I don't know his name. The guy that Which he show? first... The first, uh, Hashira that he meets that, like, saved... That allowed him to go in the first episode. That one guy... Oh, with... Tomi. It's Tomi something. Tomi Yeah, Tommy like, a lot something. of people I know yeah. like him. Like, I, like, think he's really cool. He just has, like, that mysterious badass vibe and you're like oh i kind of want to know more about this guy he's really he's really cool but he hasn't gotten enough screen time i feel like if he gets enough screen time he might be jumped to my favorite and i really like the butterfly hashira Um, yeah she she's cool that's another like it's also very rare to have strong female leads especially in shonen yeah and like she's just one of those that's so cool because like the first time you see her she's like oh she's a hashira she must be powerful and she pulls out this little tiny needle and the guy's like, what are you going to do with that? And she's just like, is like, oh, you think I need a blade to kill you? And then just boom, <laughs> and then kills him in one shot. And you're like, uh, that's badass. And it has like that little hook on it. And then she was mm-hmm. like, well, just in case my poison doesn't kill you, I can use this to pull out your internal organs. I'm like, God 
damn, she's a savage. And she's just like... Also, yeah. Also, I've never seen a character attack with insects before. Oh, well, maybe that Naraku guy from Inuyasha, but I mean, that doesn't really count. But, you know, water's been done before, lightning's been done before, fire's been done before, but I've there's, never there's seen anybody else attack with, with butterflies. I mean, like, you got, uh, one, I can't remember, it's a guy in Naruto that uses insects, multiple in Naruto. Oh, yeah, insects. yeah, true. Um, literally, like, every single villain in the Chimera Antarch is an insect, so, like, they kind of use insects. Yeah, but they're, they, yeah, but they're not using insects as a weapon, they're just insects themselves. But, but fair point. Well, there's a lot that have, like, insect-based in there, but also, like, that there's, there's, like, this hidden, like, I kind of know what happens because of spoiler, like, manga spoilers, the Tanjiro, but, like, the whole dark blade thing and how you just know he's destined to like die for some reason i haven't read the manga <laughs> and so like you just know that like something bad's gonna happen to him and like okay i know what happens to him i don't know what how it happens or really what happens after i just know what happens to him and so like but just they tell you like from the like the first time you get the sword that like he's destined to live a terrible life and it just kind of just makes you like oh kind of feel bad for him and like whenever anything bad happens to him um is it yeah i mean i don't think yeah do you (laughs) i mean i don't want to make fun of zenitsu because like i don't know zenitsu becomes like cool but i don't know if he's anybody's is he anybody's favorite character (laughs) i've watched youtube videos where guys have said oh he's my favorite character but i don't know if they're memeing I think his power mm-hmm. is dope. Like he has one of the dopest powers. I like when he ever he uses his lightning style. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how he's literally like one of the strongest characters, but he can only like he can't use his ability at all. And it's kind of just like annoying because you like sitting there like you're like okay, uh, all you have to do is just like Zenitsu can just one shot almost anybody, but yeah, like he just won't do it until he like scares himself to sleep or something. It's like oh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about Tanjiro? I mean, his only goal is saving his sister, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he's... He understands, like, what has to be done a lot. Like, he he doesn't... Like, he may falter for, like, a second, but he always is willing to do what has to be done. He'll kill if he has to. He'll, you know, go behind someone's back. He'll do something that's getting him in trouble. Like, he doesn't care if he thinks it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Which is always a good characteristic. Yeah. Alright, who should we talk about next? Well... Do you have any preference? I'll go on a tangent. Okay. Talk about one of my favorite protagonists in all of anime. Uh... And that is Sinbad from Magi and The Adventures of Sinbad. Now, if anyone... Like, I know you haven't seen it. I actually... I know I have seen it, but, like, I I was, like, very young. I can't remember any of it. Sinbad is such a thug. Didn't they also make, like, a Disney adaptation of it or something? There's there's probably, like... The whole story is based around 
it's very similar to like the old Aladdin thing and uh-huh. in that area and that mm-hmm. lore. So like there might be similar characters from that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like mythos, but mm-hmm. it's its own story. And Sinbad is the king of Sindria and the leader of the Seven Seas Alliance and the most powerful man in the world. This guy is such a thug and just he doesn't care about like ceilings or walls or like anything that stands up in front of him. Like in this world, being a dungeon capture is like a big thing. And you have to have a Magi to take you to even be able to unlock the dungeon to get the djinn inside. Not Sinbad. Sinbad is so powerful and just so like I don't care. That he got a gin, you know, just by himself. Like kind of just oh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go capture this dungeon. And so they consider him an anomaly, like he shouldn't exist. But no, mm-hmm. he's not a badass to because he you know, he captured a dungeon by himself. Because he didn't just capture one dungeon. He didn't just capture two dungeons. He captured seven dungeons and has seven different gins. And the only reason he only has seven it's because when he went to capture his eighth, the djinn said, you're way too powerful, and put a curse on him so he could never get another djinn's power because he was just too powerful. Now, there's another character in the show that has three of them, and he's like a king and considered a god, and Sinbad had seven of them. And like this is a guy at one point loses all seven of them when you first get introduced to him. He's butt naked and just doesn't care. He walks up to a magi and just beats him like, with no... Just pure human strength in his fist, like, some fucking robes, doesn't care. This guy is just so fun to watch. He's just an enigma of a character. And, like, he has, like, this sense of uh, what's right and wrong and duty to make a, a world good for people, but he also knows that there's no way to make a perfect world without you know, stepping on some throats and doing some dark and evil things and he's willing to manipulate people play with people's emotions and like just make like he can make anybody fall in love with him and it's just one of his biggest traits but he uses that against people time and time again for good or bad like he might make them think oh i'm gonna send you to do this because it's gonna make you a better person although i don't need you to do this there's no reason for you to go risk your life and do this but if you survive, you can be more used to me. So let's have a go send you go do this. I'm gonna talk it up like I need you to do it. And then I and then you just find out, oh I it was just I wanna see if you could do it. It's like, oh, okay, well this guy's a natural born leader and he's just an amazing, amazing protagonist. I have to go back and rewatch it. I have a two week break, so plenty of time. Yeah, I would like, you can watch the adventures of Sinbad, and it gets, like, more of his backstory, and, like, he's just, like, Moggy's great, and, like, he's the best character in Moggy. Fair. And then... Well, we have another character that I guess both you and I consider one of our favorite um, protagonists, and that's Kogami from Psychopaths. And... Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite characters in anime. And what I like about him is he does things according to his own rules. You you know, they're living in this dystopian society and he 
he used to be and he's an enforcer now but he used to be an investigator and like he doesn't care about anything other than avenging his friend who was murdered by the main antagonist of the show and it's also really interesting to see his interactions with like with other people he wants to keep people from getting hurt and he tries to do all like the dirty work you know what i mean like he doesn't want anybody else to have to kill anybody yeah he's he starts out as this like quiet uh bad like just bad boy style character that breaks that's willing to just break any rule doesn't care what the you know what the uh, system says what the system says or the inspectors say like he just does what has to be done and he he shows you like real detective skill whereas everyone else is reliant on the new technology and the civil system and him and then the one older detective who used to be a detective that was like the one guy's father I don't remember his name but he like mm-hmm. he was kind of like his protege and he took after and he's had this natural detective instinct but he had also had uh like this natural desire to protect people which is why when his when his best friend died and he they couldn't get the guy uh with the civil system because of you know the whole the way the dominators just wouldn't allow them to do anything about it is when he kind of just he snapped turned his back on the civil system it's like i you know this is you know kind of bullshit and realized that no matter what my psychopath is like it's this is wrong He's a good foil, I think, too, for Akane, because Akane is more of an idealist. Like, she thinks the civil system is perfect, and then it can't be it can't be wrong. And then you have Kogami, Kogami as a contrast, who is more of a realist, and he sees, you know, that the system is messed up, and it doesn't really work. And, you know, of course, Akane, as the show progresses, Akane does realize that the civil system isn't really what it seems, but I do think she mostly maintains that idealism. So I really like the contrast between those two characters. And Kogumi, he's super smart, you know. He's a guy that can outsmart the criminals and he's always thinking several steps ahead. You know, he's um, he uses the enforcer, but he also does uh, hand-to-hand combat. So he's like a, he's pretty much a jack of all trades. Yeah, and I, I like how they, in the show, they kind of express how the psychopath works. And it's like, if you get near 100 or something, it starts to go into the yellow... And I think anything over 100, 150 was the red, and that's when you'd be put to death, or... You remember the ranges? Wow. We don't talk about it. I, I just... Yeah, it's just something I just... <laughs> it's something like that. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but so when the show starts, and she's she's going on, like, okay, well, I'm going to show you how this Dominator works, and she's scanning every person, they're like 170, 180... And then Kogumi is like 300 and something. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and like the civil system looks at him as like, they know how good he is. Like he's like a loose can. Like it's, they, they want him because of his skills and how great he is. Mm-hmm. But they, they know that he's like their biggest enemy at the same time. Like, so they're very, have him on a tight leash. And yeah, well, he's obviously not, I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I don't want to call him mentally unstable, but he obviously was he, affected a lot by every, the death of his friend. There's, he, there's he has a this... thing that happens with detectives, and you've yeah. seen it in a lot of movies because it's a very real thing that sometimes they can get hooked by a case, 
and they just obsess he just becomes over obsessive it. obsessive i think they even show a scene he's in his room and he has like newspaper clippings and other stuff like just glued he's doing, all like, over old, the wall he's doing very old school type of detective work he has the whole red pins connecting all the dots and it shows so mm-hmm. everyone is using the Sybil system they believe that okay this is how it has to be and he's doing like old school like nose to the grindstone detective work and that's why he's able to catch makashima and him and makashima's like rivalry is what makes the first season so good like they're just both such good characters that seeing them go back and forth just gives you that that rush and it's like a very similar rush to like l and light and death and death though it's just that two people that are on the same wavelength going against each other yeah, and yeah, Makashima and Kogumi, it's also interesting to see how they have a lot more in common than they want to admit. Yeah. You know, obvious, obviously one guy is a serial killer and completely unhinged, and the other guy but is the, the t- one detective. Like, we'll talk about him more, because obviously for best antagonist, yeah. like, don't wanna, he's going to obviously be in best antagonist, but the thing yeah. is, they have the same outlook on what the civil system is. Exactly. They just both have different views of how they can change it. Yeah. And that's, so it, it's, and once, you know, Kogami realizes that, it's like he respects him enough, but he knows this guy has to die. Like, he is going to yeah. destroy the world if I don't kill him. And Yeah, and he also, he also, I think revenge is a big part of it, too. Yeah, I mean, throughout the shows, just because of this guy, a lot of people he knows have suffered, and, like, it's just, mm-hmm. he suffered, and, but it just makes him such, like, a cool character, and you just, like, fall in love. Like, every time he's on screen, it's just something. You, you're entertained. It, he's doing something that's entertaining. Yeah. And he's just cool, too. He has a lot of swag. <laughs> yeah, I would say he's more the main character of the show than Akane. Cause yeah, I think he's Akane definitely is the a... main character of the first season. Like, Akane, it, yeah. it, you see everything through her view. Yeah. But he is definitely the center like the centerpiece yeah. of what the, the show evolves around. Yeah, I don't think anybody is really watching the show for Akane. You know, not to say that she's a bad character. But that's or also anything, why season but... two bombed is because like Kogami is what made season one and when you take him out of it and add some like dumb new inspector who's just like the most whiny brat I've ever seen in my life, it's just like Akane is like an okay character, but she she can't carry the show. Yeah, she was just, like, she was only good because her and Kogami were, she was on that same wavelength that Makashima and Kogami were, except for she didn't have the darkness that Kogami did. Like, she didn't have the willingness to go to that dark mind, because they even showed in, yeah. in the show when Makashima, more... like, took her friend and yeah. gave her a gun and said, kill me. Like, if you want to save your friend, kill me. She didn't have the balls to stop it. Where, like, you know Kogami's shooting him instantly. It's like, boom, you're dead. Like, I, even when he was inspector, he would have shot him without a second thought. Yeah, that was an excruciating scene. <laughs> but that that's that's probably on... Other than the, like, little chase between the hotel between Kogami and Makashima, it's probably, like, my favorite. Was that, was actually, that scene was probably one of my favorite scenes in the show because of how intense it was in the magnitude of yeah. the series. 
Yeah, Akane is definitely more about just following the status quo. And I mean, she even learns the whole truth about the civil system and is just and like, oh, okay, well, I'll just keep going along with this. She, yeah, she, she has an idea of how she's going to change it. Um, I don't know what it is. I never watched the second season or the third season. Yeah, me neither, me neither to be honest. I just, I couldn't watch uh, it without Kogumi. I heard the third season he's back he, in it. But apparently yeah. he comes, apparently he comes back. So maybe I will have to like keep watching it, but. Yeah, it's yeah. always on my, like, maybe I'll go back and watch it, but I never do. But... Yeah, exactly. But even then, one of the issues with having such a great protagonist and such a great first antagonist is, like, there's nowhere to go when, like, you have a guy yeah. who's as good as Makushima. Yeah, that's true. It's a hard act to follow. The same reason that people get aggravated with Shonen. It's like, oh, we had this super powerful guy. Well, now they have to have somebody more powerful. And once <laughs> you get to a certain point, like Dragon Ball, where you're just like, Okay, we have gods. Well, now there's people more powerful than gods. Well, this guy is now a song we have to the, the universe. Gods of gods. And it's like, oh, well, this guy is a demon who absorbs gods. It's more powerful, and it just keeps it just gets more and more ridiculous to like to the point where like I think the, in the the recent manga, it's this guy just wishes to be the strongest in the universe, and because whoever the strongest is, he is just becomes the goat stronger. Guy? The goat? No, that's that's like he's like a demon or something. I don't have actually read. I think he's like a some type of demon or devil or oh. something. Uh, oh, okay. But it's like a yeah, new, like new Saiyan who, like, just wishes on the Super Dragon Balls or some Dragon Balls to be the strongest in the universe. So he just gets what? stronger than whoever the strongest in the universe is. But the issue with that, that is... Seems like, that seems like it should be against cop the out? rules. Yeah, like, just, what <laughs> but the issue with that is, okay, well, it's well, a dumb wait, wish. That's like a huge... Hold on, I think you just discovered, like, not that there's no other loopholes in Dragon Ball, but why didn't they just do that earlier? Like, use the Dragon Balls to wish to be the strongest so they could beat the villain of the moment? Because that'd be too easy. Like, they don't want the easy I route. know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, even, and then that's a kind of a bad wish because you can just try, like, just because you're the strongest then doesn't mean somebody can't then out-train you and be, become stronger than you. It's like... It's... Yeah, I guess. And then there would be no show, of course. But yeah, but eventually, like... Yeah, so just whenever you have great characters, it becomes... You run into that issue. Like, okay, this character is yeah. so great. How am I going to replace him? And that was, like, the issue with protagonists. Kogami's so good, you can't take him out of that show. Because it's just... The show is nothing without him. Yeah, that was a big mistake. I don't know who made that And that's the same way I decision. felt with Death Note. Is I thought L was such a great character. When you took him out of it, yeah. it just kind of was like, I don't care anymore. Like, near it yeah. was just the same character. I was like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Like, always, I always wish it had been Light versus L to the end. Yeah, like... Even if they just, like, had some weird gay relationship and took some cyanide pills together, okay. I'd be fine with that. Okay, which which here I have I have a question for you. It's not completely off topic. Would you consider um, Light to be a protagonist or an antagonist? You see, I had this with a couple characters. One of them I was going to bring up in the antagonist episode, um, so I don't want to bring them up now, and it's mm -hmm. kind of a spoiler. Uh, well, it's not a spoiler. So, like I say, the same thing I thought about. I thought the same thing with Aaron Yeager, is. He's the main protagonist of Attack on Titan, but he was a bad protagonist. Until the latest season when he has that flip where he kind of becomes the antagonist, and now he's the best character in the show. So now is it because of the development as a protagonist 
to that flip, did that make him the great character? Or is just he just the, a good villain? And I would say it's like it's the latter. The, the development is what made him a great character. But from the get-go, Light was kind of the antagonist. Although, like, nor Light or L were either okay. the protagonist or if, the antagonist. But, they were kind okay, of but both. If, exactly, because that's what I was going to say. Because if Light is the antagonist, then who's the protagonist? But the issue I feel is like... they're both twisted. And they're both not good people. Like, yeah. Light's trying to do something that he thinks is the betterment for the world at the start, but he very quickly just becomes like, I want to be a god. It's not, he, he says it's because I want a better world for people, but you know, he just wants to be a god. It says nothing yeah, to do he gets, with. Yeah, he gets ego, st- ego statistical and ego he t- does everything from the from the perspective of the the ends will justify and, the yeah, means. And L is the, the same way. Like L literally put took a, a criminal, threw him on camera just to see if Kira would kill him, knowing this guy's probably gonna die. But maybe I'll get some useful useful information out of it, and then. He got, well, like, the guy very was on minimal... death row, but not that that makes it, like, well, I don't know. That it's, like, a difficult ethical question. But, but then he goes and he asks the entire police force, knowing that they could die. And says, mm-hmm. oh, you might die. Okay. And then puts them in situations where they could die. And does if they die, okay, I have more information now. But he never puts himself out there until eventually, obviously, he states, I have to put myself out there. Yeah. Um. All right. So, well, like, before we get before we get more off topic, um, who do you, who do you want to talk about next in our best uh, protagonist list? Well, we can um, with like our our combined uh, agreement would be Okabe from Steins Gate and Steins Gate Zero. Uh, Okabe is just he is he's, mm-hmm. arguably, he starts off kind of annoying. He's, he's arguably he's what? one of those. He's arguably one of, has the greatest character development of any protagonist in any show. Ever. Yeah, like this guy starts out just fucking stupid. Like he is this self-proclaimed mad scientist living out of like an, a shitty rundown apartment with his buddy above a TV shop, and it's like he's a genius. They they show that he like was in like prestigious schools and he dropped out because of like reasons. And, like, he's so smart that he, he goes to lectures and, like, lectures the lecturer because he just, like, but he has this whole persona and you're kind of like, what the hell's going on? But as the show goes on, you realize it's just persona that he uses to almost close himself off. Like, he yeah, does, he has friends, but he doesn't, he doesn't want... He thinks that people saw the real him, that they wouldn't like him, and that they might think he's just crazy. Or he sometimes I think he gets to the point where he's so smart that he thinks he's just going to like people aren't going to like him because of how smart he is. So he puts on this persona trying to be funny, and people still like him, but they see his true caring nature behind it. But as the show goes on, like you can see his caring cares how much he cares for his friends, and like they come up, they they get this time machine off of like if I remember correctly they made a time machine out of a microwave a cell phone and TV antennas from the TV downstairs mm-hmm. yeah and, then and whatever yeah. you put on the phone whatever date on the phone is what you would teleport to 
and this guy yeah, they send they send emails to the past yeah at first yeah and then like the only person but then the only person that can see them is is okabe and he calls it like this what is he calls it like the, the this i thought it was the something i but maybe it was reading or reading steiner or something he like called that the, the whatever the, the thing of like the the invention that i remember like he called his ability to remember what happened before, like the reading style, to be able to see the different timelines. Yeah. But throughout the show, like you, like I said, it starts out slow because you want it, it. It makes for his character development later, when you have this kind of weirdness about him and the way he does his everyday life, and you start to see how he changes as the timeline thing loop starts to happen, and he keeps looping the timelines, and seeing his childhood friend, uh, Mayuri, die over and over and how it changes him and how he's realizing that no matter what you do with time you're never going to defeat time like he keeps trying to be a god and change time and do what but the time doesn't work that way and no matter how hard but he never gives up even when he's broken and he wants to give up he just refuses to let Mayuri die now it definitely like does not work in his favor towards the end but you you see this happy-go-lucky mad scientist guy just get broken over and over again to the point where he just he has no desire to do science he has no desire to really live life because he has just lived life so many times and just seen the worst that life has to offer he doesn't believe in you know anything good anymore which is what where Steins Gate Zero comes in, where he has to kind of do the same thing. He doesn't want to. Like, it's like he knows that, like, no matter what he does with time, it's never going to have a positive outcome. Yeah, and his character development is really subtle too. It's not like just from one episode to a, to another. He changes subtly each time because sometimes you'll have a character in a show and it's usually like a shonen and something bad or shocking will happen to them and they just change from like one second to another. But as you said with Okabe, it's just him slowly getting broken over time. And yeah, it's 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 kind of sad to watch, but I mean, in it's the also end... It's interesting and it has a lot to it and you you get to see a lot from him and then the one... The one girl, the red-headed girl, um, that he falls in love with. Mahise Kurisu. Yeah, I knew it was K. I was like, well, yeah, it was Kurisu. Like, their development as characters and how she, he changes her and she changes him for, like, the better. And they yeah, kind of complete each other. Yeah, yeah their, their interactions are really fun to watch. How he always calls her Christina and she hates it. And she's this super genius. She's... Uh, supposed to she's portrayed as being actually even smarter than he is but they're in the lab together and he just bosses her around and calls her christina and like calls her assistant and it's all like it's all in good humor but she's also one that she sees his his smartness and she sees the trouble and how he changes so as the thing goes on she's the first one to believe him about the time traveling and the reading yeah. Steiner and all this stuff, and like every time he goes back, she believes him. It's like not even a second question. It's oh, really? And like I think they give like a little thing, like she gives him something like knowledge that nobody would know unless she was to tell them, and she would know that yeah. well, you never told me this. 
But even then, she never questions anything he does. It's okay, like... And she sees each time this broken guy come back more and more broken. And I think, like, that may be why she falls for him, because she sees how much he cares and how hard he's trying to do something magnificent, but just is putting so much suffering. Moments I like... I like too is when he's in in the apartment or he confronts the girl the one that's on the phone I forgot her name at the moment the one that's always texting LB yeah, and no. then they're they're like fighting in the apartment I forget exactly what happened and he just he remembers all the pain that she caused and what she did to Mayuri and he just I'm yeah I'm sorry yeah Mayuri and he just like punches her in the face which, like, you know, I'm not trying to advocate violence or anything, but at that point in the show, like, I was just so fed up with this girl. I could, she was, yeah, but that's, couldn't that, stand that always her. puts, just... that always puts like that is, is a, a joke from a comedian that pops in my head whenever I think of like something like that. And they say it's never okay to hit a woman, but then it's a Daniel oh, Tosh it joke. Burr? No, it's a Daniel Tosh oh. joke where he's like, So, what if I come home and I find out my wife has drowned, drowned two kids and she's about to drown the third one? Am I allowed to sock her then? And it's yeah, like, I'm no, you're sure. going to have to let her drown that third one. And he's like, <laughs> so there's, there's always like, there's events, the, the, the whole point you're trying to make is like, sometimes you just got to sock a woman. And I think like, if you've seen this or woman, any, kill, it doesn't have to be a woman. <laughs> like, if you see somebody kill your best friend, whether it's a male, a female, a yeah. dog, a demon, like a hundred times, you're eventually yeah, going to want to deserve... sock him in the face. It's just, you can't, and it's, it's a great moment. And it is a funny moment. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's out of, it's not out of character for him because there's been so much building up to that, that moment and him just, you know, having a mental breakdown and stuff. But it is interesting to see since he is this super, this super nice guy, wants to help everybody out. So you never like would expect him to, you know, go through so much that he ends up punching someone in the face. But it makes sense for the moment. It was really satisfying. Remember where there was that one guy, who looked a lot like a pretty girl, so they made him a girl, uh, and he had yeah. that mental breakdown of like, "No, you're a guy, like you're not a woman," even though he because uh-huh. he, he like he forgets. I think he, or if you know if he forgets or he remembers that he did, and he has this breakdown, and everyone thinks he's just this biggest douchebag in the world, calling him a, yeah. a guy when like, but they don't understand like what's going through his head, and yeah. like he think because I think at the time he's trying to get him to go back to being a guy. But he has to get his agreement because he yeah because he's trying to undo all the emails that they sent. Uh, But yeah, he was great in um yeah he's such a great character. Into is what's the first thing you would do if you had time machine? You would go back in time. You'd get the lottery numbers and you'd try to become a millionaire. Seen, I've (laughs) seen too many. No, no, I've seen too many shows about time travel where things don't go as expected and things always turn out worse when you try to mess with time. So I would just be way too suspicious. I mean, unless I had a really strong reason to try to go back and change time. But yeah, I've seen too much sci-fi. I'd be way too suspicious. Like, no, this is way too easy. I'd give it a shot. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else I can think about that he does it's like I do like how he goes to that that was it that um the maid cafe with his buddy and he acts oh, like he's not funny. he's he acts like he's not there for the maids but he always wants to go to this maid cafe and you're like 
come on, dude. Like, we know why you're there. Like, and, and there's like that one cutesy one that really likes him for some reason. That uh, the friend with the pink hair. Yeah. Yeah. That his friend likes his chubby friend likes, and but she just like likes him, and she's always like fucking with him. <laughs> and he tries to be yeah. like, oh, as a, a scientist in this, I can't, you know, act in such. This doesn't make any sense. Stuff like that. It's just it's a, always a fun scene. It's a good step away, but like, it I is mean, funny. his obsession, his obsession with John Titor is pretty funny as well. And how he's always what's that? What's the secret organization again that he says is trying to? Um, I'm a freak. I'm I'm totally blinking out. But anyways, the organization that he's always talking about, the evil one that's trying to get him. How he's always he's like always randomly accusing people of be, as being part of the organization. But the funny thing is, is like sometimes he's right, and then you realize like, oh, he, yeah. he actually like, like he'll say something, and like that person actually is part of the organization. He and they're like, uh. But he's just ranting. Yeah. He doesn't actually know, but they think he knows. So they start trying to make uh-huh. precautions, and he's still like, "I." And then when they like confront him, and he's like, "Oh, I knew that the whole time. I definitely knew that you were part of this evil." I I never questioned a second, and he's like, "Shit, uh, what do I do now? I had no idea." <laughs> I remember there was a portion like that when like he said something to these two guys outside of his house, and they were part of it. If I remember correctly, there's something like that. They go to make precautions. I think that's uh-huh. why. They killed Myri in the first place because they were going to kill him. Uh, yeah. Because he said something that, like, he didn't even actually know was a thing. <laughs> By just ranting. Yeah, it's like one of those situations where he's portrayed as this crazy dude with this crazy mad scientist alter ego, but then it turns out that he's not crazy after all, that he's actually right about a lot of stuff. And as somebody who likes, who's like, likes conspiracy theories, like, it's easy to get into that whole, like, wildness, because it's just fun. Like, even if I don't believe in all of them, like, it's still fun to just, like, hear it and theorize about what could be going on. Yeah. Um. Now I got a couple Already. that I could rant on. And there's one that's just, this is just going to be a, uh, uh, what's the word, like a, um, what's a phrase I'm thinking of? Uh, I'm just going to state him because he has to be on this list, but I can't talk about him because I don't want to spoil the show. But Simone from Gurren Lagann is like one of my favorite protagonists, because obviously it's my favorite anime, so I obviously have to love the protagonist. Now, I can't explain why and some of the reasons why, because it'll spoil too much for Nicole. But, for anyone who knows Gurren Lagann... I need to I need to finish watching this show so that you can talk about it freely. And I mean, it's yeah. over... I don't. When did the show come out? 2006. Yeah, so it's been a long... Okay, I'll, I'll finish it soon. Yeah, it's like... For those of you who know Gurren Lagann and know why Simone is such a thug and some of the badass moments he has... Like, of course he has his down moments, but he is, like, definitely a great character and, and helps the show. Um, and the second person I put on here that anyone who has listened to the podcast or heard me talk would expect on here. And they know that Gurren Lagann is my favorite show, but they also know my number two is Food Wars. So obviously I'm going to have Soma Yukihira as one of the 
you know, best protagonist, because this guy, he is easily probably my favorite. I can't say easily, because, like, there are great characters like Megumi, and, uh, well, basically just Megumi is a great character, but there's other great characters, but the only person I could probably match to Soma would be Megumi, but Soma is this wild prodigy who's not really a prodigy, he's just somebody who works ridiculously hard and beats people because of how hard he works, and, like, he has a love for cooking, and he cares about people, but, like, his cooking is the number one thing. But he doesn't just love great food. He also loves to see how disgusting he can make food. He's like, what can I do to make something so grotesque that I can torture people with it? And that's just always fun when he does stuff like that. But when you see him strive, and, like, he comes from a family where his father, even though he doesn't know it until later on until he's like 15 16 and he's like in the show but his father is this prodigy this legendary cook who went to totski and is like the greatest chef in the world and he doesn't know this this is the guy that taught him how to cook he has no idea how great his father is but like he's tried to be his father he's lost like 600 times and he just keeps trying and he's one day i'm gonna beat him one day i'm gonna beat him and he never gives up and so that's why, like, in the show, like, when he goes in, and he's very cocky at the start of the show, he comes in, he walks up in the podium, he's being introduced to school, and says, I'm the best chef here, I'm gonna beat everybody, like, don't even get in my way, and everyone hates him because of it, but he quickly learns, oh shit, I'm not the best chef here, but instead of, like, running away, he's just, like, takes the, he gets excited for the challenge of taking on these great chefs, and win, lose, or draw... He always takes something away. He takes other people's, you know, cooking talents and, and combines them with his own cooking style. And he's very unorthodox and no one he can put on. Like, people don't understand some of the things he does. And he has this, like, uh, home, like, homey style of cooking where it's something you get out of a diner. It's something, it's not fancy. It's It's always, he can do fancy stuff, but... It's always about the taste of the food and how the food makes you feel compared to just how pretty it looks. Which is what puts him ahead very early. And this is like the same guy who I think... If I remember correctly, early in the show, like they, when they introduce Food Wars, he literally goes up and just will challenge anybody and everybody. Like anyone else challenges him, he challenges them, doesn't care. And of course he dominates early, but even when he eventually loses, it's like... You think he'd be devastated, and he, he is for, like, a day, and then what does he do? He goes back, starts cooking, and all of the jokes he makes, and his, his crazy food, and just the way they portray him is just, like, everybody just gets drawn to this kid, because, and he doesn't try, he has no interest in being friends with, like, anybody. Like, he doesn't really try to be friends with people. People just, he's just like, oh, okay, and he talks to them, they like him. And he's just like, okay, and just just keeps going on. Like if it if it doesn't involve cooking, he just really doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the show, but I always watch clips of it on YouTube, and I always enjoy the ones that Soma is in. He's just so fun to watch. Yeah, and it's there's always I always enjoy this, and some some shows I don't, some shows I do, but it, Food World's definitely one of those where it's like the haha moments. It's like oh, so you thought. 
I did this, so you thought you could get away with this, but what you didn't know is if you do this, this, and this, it creates this aroma and this bundle of flavor that steams into this because of this reason, and you're like, how the fuck did he come up with that? And it's just like, what the hell is going on here? And everyone's like blown away, and you're just like, I love those, the way he explains it. And then, like, he's so cocky every time he delivers food to these people. He's just like, order up. You're welcome. Like, he, he just knows you're going to enjoy it. So it's just, all right. Like, no fucks given. The the walk-offs that he has sometimes will, like, they're about to announce a winner. He'll take his headband off and just raise his hand before, like, they even announce the winner. And he's just so cocky that like, he's going to win. It's just, like, it always makes for fun entertainment. And then there's, like, uh, there's an arc early where... The school goes through this challenge, and there's different challenges for, like, this hotel, and if you, you know, you lose, you can get expelled. So he goes, and he's trying, he wants to, uh, Aaron Anakari, who's, like, the, uh, like, the, one of the prodigies, the, consider the god tongue, she's kind of, like, the main love interest, but he goes and puts his stand right next to hers and says, I'm going to outsell you. Like, you think you're this great chef, but I'm going to outsell, I'm going to sell more of my meals than you. And of course, early, he's having a hard time. He's putting out good food, but he can't get it done fast enough. So he, like, changes his cooking style and creates, like, a whole new type of meal, like, on the fly with eggs. And then you just see him go on this montage of just whipping up fucking, like, so, like, what they were doing is they'd make a bunch of meals and they'd have them out. And then people would just come by and eat them. Well, his meal was only good when it was fresh. So what he would do is just do everything to order. And which he has to sell like a thousand something of these things in like an hour. And so he is just whipping up by himself. Just meal after meal after meal after meal after meal. And doing it so fast and getting faster and more refined and faster and more refined. And this is just something that he came up with on the fly. That like no other chef in the show has ever shown that they can do. Like it's just creativity is just off the charts. And that's why you never know what's going to happen with Soma's on. When Soma's on the screen, you have no idea what's going to happen. And it just makes wow. a good show. Yeah, so next is someone that I put on the list, which I'm going to try to stop bringing up Yu Yu Hakusho in every single episode as like an example of one of my favorite things. But I put Yusuke Yurameshi on our list. And now I'm not sure if Yusuke Yurameshi is my favorite character in the show. My favorite character in the show would probably be, it used to be Hiei, now I think it's Kurama. However, even if he's not my favorite character in the show, Yusuke is probably my favorite main protagonist in any anime ever. And so what I like about Yusuke is he's really different from your typical happy-go-lucky um, shonen protagonist that just wants to like save the day and be the best. No, Yusuke is actually a delinquent. He has no friends. He's a street punk. He's always getting into trouble at school, always skipping. Uh, he doesn't really have any friends except for his childhood friend Keiko, who he's actually pretty mean to and bothers on a daily basis. And so in the first episode of his show, um, Yusuke ends up dying, actually, because he saves a little kid from uh, getting hit by a car. 
and he pushes the kid out of the way and gets hit himself and sacrifices his own life. And this is if this is seemingly so out of character for Yusuke, who you know is this delinquent, uh, just bad kid that nobody saw it coming, not even the the afterlife. So he's dead, and they're like, "Well, no one was expecting you to do that, so we haven't pre prepared a place for you." So then he kind of becomes this ghost, and he meets a uh, Botan, who is basically the Grim Grim Reaper, and. You know, she's like, oh, well, like, Yusuke, there could be a chance for you to get your life back. And he's like, yeah, you know what? My life pretty much sucked. Maybe I'm better off dead anyway. Like, everyone's probably happy that I'm gone. And, you know, that changes. He goes to his his own wake and, like, Botan convinces him and he changed his mind. And he does decide to ultimately take the opportunity to um, win his life back. And he eventually becomes a spirit detective. But he's so fun to watch. He has the most savage comebacks. Like you can't tell you can't like tell him anything. He always has something to say. Um, he has this really fun rivalry with one of the other characters, um, main characters, Kuwabara. And they actually, before the story starts, him and Kuwabara like fight each other on a daily basis, and Yusuke always wins. And so when you you're introduced to Kuwabara, you think that him and Yusuke are enemies, but as it turns out, or as it develops, like, they really aren't. They both just love fighting, and they have, they're kind of like, they're more like rivals, and then they become best friends, but yeah, I, Yusuke is, he's, like, another thing that's interesting about Yusuke is, like, he's not shown to be the smartest character, like, definitely not the brightest bulb in the box, but he does have a knack for battle, and he comes up with interesting ways to beat his to beat his enemies. And I know you haven't finished watching Yu Yu Hakusho yet, but definitely one of my favorite shows of all time. Probably my favorite. Started watching it yet? <laughs> oh, you haven't started? I saw a couple episodes when I was young, but I haven't sat like when you've talked about me starting, I haven't sat down and started it yet. But when you were talking, yeah. uh like, I did remember, like, a couple, like, clips I have seen of, I don't, like, remember, but it was, like, the way he would, like, use his gun to, like, with other people's abilities. And it was, like, okay. like the way he knew how to, like, a adapt his ability with oh, other people's. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, goes on, like, it's always a cool to see, like, combo attacks in anime. But you also, like, you brought up his quibs and stuff, and I like quibs and, and shows, so it actually reminded me... Of a character I could reference right now as a quick reference, it's a short show that I just finished watching, and I went back and watched it because uh, the, the the new season coming out, and that is uh, the Misfit at Demon Academy, and mm -hmm. uh, like I've never been a big fan of the shows where the main character is overpowered, but in this like, Inos Voldigod, like the being like a demon lord type, that whole trope thing, they just pulled it off so well and he is such an interesting character like he he's normally they're either overpowered but there's always a reason why they can't use their ability whether it's like a seal that they can only use the whole thing for like a minute or like they just they don't want to because people are going to try to abuse them or people abused them in the past so like they try to hold back and be normal not this guy man Anos doesn't give a shit like he's a demon lord, but he kind of, they play with the thought of how demons are very similar to humans. The only reason demons are fighting humans or because 
of you know things that happened in the past and like he doesn't want to kill everybody like he wants to live in peace and he gives his life for that peace so like he even though he knew he was gonna be resurrected he gave his life anyways and the first like he gets resurrected and they have these funny moments where it's like um he comes back and somebody changed their name like somebody changed the past so that like it wasn't his name as the demon king so when he got resurrected no one like believed that he was the the demon king resurrected even though he had all his memories all his power i think technically he only had like 10 percent of his power when he first started but he was so overpowered like he walks up this guy's talking shit about him and like he's like you better not blink and he's like oh what happens if i blink and he blinks and just fucking obliterates everything he does and he's like oh well that not so oh, no no it's different he's like I sh you shouldn't move so he doesn't move and he just like breathes and he blows all his power away and the guy's like, well, what are you doing those? Oh, you told me not to move, so I'm not going to move. So then he started using his, his heart palpitations to, like, destroy the guy. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, you're just really good at magic. And, like, later, the same kid that he was fighting, like, at the beginning of the show, he just, like, says, like, um, I'm, I'm going to defeat you in this tournament. He's like, I'm not going to move from this spot. I'll defeat you. So the kid comes running at him. And he just snaps his fingers, and like the kid just blows up. Then he revives him, and so you're gonna quit. And he snaps his fingers, and he blows up, revives him. So I can do, I can kill you all day, dude. And just keeps doing it, and just torturing this fucking kid. And it's like, so like he's a good guy, but he just doesn't care. Like it's just, and he does this throughout the show. Like he just flexes on people constantly, <laughs> and he has like these quibs where it's like, oh, it's it's almost like Escanor from fucking Seven Days. It's like, who said you that was the limit of my power? And then just does something more like a time god. It's like. You can't step through this because it's time. And he said, says who? And he just does whatever he wants. He's like, I, I don't care about your... Like, he, he stated to be stronger than gods. And it's just such an interesting way he does everything. Like, he named himself... Like, he, he was he's only, like, a month old. But, like, he's fully grown because of his magical power. And so, like, he has these loving parents. But, like, oh, he's only a month old. And, like, it's just, like, weird things. Like, that's really funny. He has funny quips. Like, he does the overpowered character so well. And it's just such a fun little 13-episode watch. Like, you know he's going to one-shot people, but it's always how is he going to fucking just uh, torture people. And, like, they, he's a good guy. They show the good things he does. He he kills people, but he always brings them back. And he tries to, like, make them develop as better people. But he also, like, doesn't care. Like, he'll sit there and kill someone a thousand times. And, like, even if they come back broke, he's like, oh, at least you're alive, right? Like, you may not, like, you'd be criminally insane, but, like, hey, you're alive, right? Like, <laughs> anybody else you wanted to mention? No, I think that, no, not off the top of my head. We probably named most of the people that i would have named yeah, other great protagonists like you can go on yeah there's other great ones yeah you there's... could honestly talk all day about this topic yeah there's like we could revisit it but like off the top of my head these are some of the ones that came came up uh yeah so i think next time we're doing we're gonna be doing uh antagonists yeah so that'll be fun this little this little like talk going back and forth of very similar style just when we talk about antagonists, which sometimes antagonists are even more interesting 
than protagonists. They usually they usually are if they're well written. Yeah, so like there'll be a lot of stuff to talk about, and I got a couple running in my head that I, I want to talk about, but we will get to that next time. So hope you guys enjoyed. Um, yeah. If you like like this, you know, leave a like on whatever you listen to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to us on. I actually don't even know like what it all goes to when we post it. To be honest, I kind of forgot all of them. There's like a bunch of different podcast things that this gets streamed to. Um, but, yeah, there's like there's some I haven't even ever heard of. Yeah, but if you do like us, you know you can shout us out. You can send us an email at anime coffee coffeehouse podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, give us your thoughts. Well, you, who you think are the best protagonists? Who some great antagonists you might want to point out that we can talk about? Um, yeah, or on have... Instagram, we have an Instagram too, also called Anime Coffee House Podcast. That's it for. We're gonna make a Twitter, but I just don't ever use Twitter, so I need to like. Try, yeah, me I, neither. I, I need to get like I want to get into a habit of doing it. So I will eventually make it, and I will I will do it, and as we grow, we'll probably make. A Discord, we can have people talk, and you can share your opinions. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you next time. Bye.